Welcome to your Lighting Lady podcast, a place for inspiring ideas and practical advice to help you improve the lighting in your home. I'm Josie Ratton, a former lighting designer and lover of all things home design. I use my two decades of experience to provide simple ways you can have the lighting you love. I hope you'll join me and get ready to be inspired about the difference good lighting can make. Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of your Lighting Lady podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about five common lighting mistakes that I often see in people's homes and how you can fix them. So the first common lighting mistake I see in homes is underlighting or overlighting a space and maybe lighting it incorrectly. When you underlight a room, it can leave some areas dark, and this can actually be quite dangerous where critical tasks are being done, like on kitchen counters. So say you only have one light in the middle of your kitchen and you have your back to it, and then you're cutting something on the kitchen counter. Your body is casting a shadow onto what you're cutting and you're not really being able to see properly. So think about adding task lighting, like under cabinet lights, and then it doesn't matter where your other ceiling light is. I also often see underlighting or not even having any lighting in large closets or pantries. Again, this leaves the areas dark and you can't see what's inside of them or what you're trying to get off the shelves. Sometimes there's only one light in the ceiling, and again, this can lead to shadows and making things hard to see, or you just have to use a flashlight to find things. The easiest way to fix this is actually just using battery-powered lights if you don't actually have any existing power in these spaces, which is often the case in smaller closets and smaller pantries. They don't come with a space for you to put a light. You can buy ceiling battery-powered lights or wall lights or even installing some kind of cabinet lighting or light bars on shelves. This will just make it easier for you to see what's in the room when you're not rummaging around in the dark. One thing that I do see a lot is too many recessed lights. People think this will provide a lot of light in the room, but the problem with recessed lights is they're not lighting the walls or the ceiling. So the room can actually feel underlit, even if the actual floor or maybe a table or counter is really brightly lit. Because the wall and ceiling isn't lit, it can feel almost cavernous, like you're in a cave. And really you want to be able to light the wall and the ceiling just as much as if, if not even more so, than the floor or a horizontal surface. If you go into a room where the walls or the ceiling are lit, the room actually feels brighter than maybe it even is if you would, say, measure the light level on the floor. It may not be that high, but because the walls and the ceiling are being lit, the room feels brighter. So putting too many recessed lights in doesn't necessarily make the room feel as bright as you think it might do. So you want to be looking at adding other types of lights, maybe pendants over the kitchen counter, or a wall sconce if you have the space. Or maybe you just add a floor lamp, and that can really just throw light back onto the ceiling, back onto the wall, and it just makes the room feel brighter. One pet peeve of mine is the overuse of recessed lighting in bedrooms. It doesn't make the space feel inviting or cozy, like you'd really want it to in a bedroom. You want to bring the lighting down from the ceiling if you can. So maybe you want to put in a pendant light, or just a ceiling light that throws light onto the walls and the ceiling. You also really want to be bringing it down to eye level, because in a bedroom, you're going to be sitting in your bed, lying in your bed. That's where you are. That's where the task is. So if you can get table lamps or floor lamps and bring that lighting down to you and put it where you need it, put it at the bed. Maybe you have an extra light at a dresser or a mirror, 
But really at the bedside table, you want a light fixture that either hangs from the ceiling down towards eye level or just get a table lamp or floor lamp. It just makes it feel cozier. Okay, my second common lighting mistake I see is not using layers of light. And this kind of follows through from the number one mistake. People often only use one light source right in the middle of the room. And this is often the case if you buy a build-a-grade house, that's all they've ever installed. It's not a visually interesting space. What you want with layers of light is to use the different types of lighting, which are ambient lighting, task lighting, accent lighting, in different ways just to create some interest. So ambient lighting can be created from a lot of different ways. It can be created from recessed lights, from an overhead light, from a big pendant in a space. It's really the general lighting that creates the overall ambience and just throws light everywhere around the room. Task lighting, as it sounds, is lighting for a specific task. And this can be a variety of things. It could be the vanity light over your bathroom mirror, or it could be an under-cabinet light, say under shelves in a pantry, or under cabinets in a kitchen. And then accent lighting, this can be done in a few ways, depending on what you're trying to accent. And this is really and this is really when you want to highlight something in your room. So you may have a piece of art that you want to spotlight on, or you have a picture light. Or say you have a nice buffet table against a wall, and you put a wall sconce on it, and you kind of create interest. Or you may want to spotlight a furniture or a sculpture you have in your room. So you really want to be combining all three of these, or even just two of these, in a space. And that just really creates some visual interest. If you have recessed downlights or overhead lights in a room, think about combining floor or table lamps. Adding portable lighting like floor and table lamps really adds warmth and can make a room feel homier. Saying all of this, you do want to be careful that you can overdo layers of lights, particularly in a small space, as it can start to feel cluttered, especially if you have a lot of furniture, you have a lot of artwork, and then you're adding a lot of table lamps or a lot of floor lamps or big light fixtures You need to think about the scale of the lights and you need to think about where they're located. Placing them strategically and using them strategically can make it feel warmer and homier, but it won't feel cluttered. So just think about that depending on how big a room you're looking at lighting. The third common mistake I see is using the wrong color temperature for a room or even mixing color temperatures in the same room. Now to give you a little explanation as to what color temperature is, Now, this is the unit that we use to measure how warm or cool a light is. And it's measured in kelvins, which is a unit of temperature like Celsius or Fahrenheit. It's just a much bigger number. So typically for lights that you buy in your house, it's going to range from 2,700 kelvin, usually up to about 5,000 kelvin. Now, the warmer the light, so the more incandescent, the more orange the light is, the lower the Kelvin temperature is going to be. So that's like 2,700 Kelvin. And then the cooler the light or the bluer or more daylight the light is, the higher the temperature, and that's going to be closer to 5,000 Kelvin or above. What I see happening is people can go to a store, they choose a light fixture or choose a light bulb, they install it, and it's completely not what they want because they didn't look at the label and they didn't look at what color temperature they're buying. Or say they even bought out two or three lights and two or three light bulbs, they put it into the same room and they're all different color temperatures. And that just doesn't look good in my opinion. 
So you really do need to be careful when you go to the store and you check. It's always going to be on the box. It's always going to say what the color temperature is. So think about what you want in your room. Do you want it to be warmer? Do you want it to be cooler? And there are sometimes places for both. Um, but really make sure you look at the label before you buy it. And it should say, it may say warm or cool. But if it does give you a Kelvin temperature, that's going to be a lot clearer idea as to exactly what you're going to be getting. Now, I would say that in a house, generally you want to be using 2700 Kelvin and maybe 3000 Kelvin in a bathroom, maybe where you want to feel a little brighter, maybe in a kitchen. But really 2700 Kelvin and no more than 3000 Kelvin is what I would recommend using in a house because you want it to feel warm. You want it to feel inviting. Places where you might want to use 5,000 and 4,000, and that's really that's going to start looking like a hospital, like an office space. And do you really want your house to look like that? But where you may want to use them, if you want it to feel brighter, more daylight, maybe more energy giving, it's maybe something like a garage, a workshop, a shed, maybe in a basement where you're going to be doing some workshopping down there. Um, that's maybe where you could start looking at cooler temperatures, especially maybe in rooms that don't have daylight. But in any kind of bathrooms, bedrooms, living spaces, you really don't want to be going over 3000 Kelvin, in my opinion. So the fourth common mistake I often see is not making the most of dimmers. In this day and age, there's no excuse to not be using dimmers in almost all of the rooms in your house. There are so many ways you can dim now. There are smart bulbs or light fixtures controlled by apps on your phone. And there's dimmer switches on the wall. There's such a variety, there's really no reason you shouldn't be using them. Having dimmable lights means you can get just the right amount of light that you need during the day or evening for whatever you're doing. And you're not use, overusing energy and you're just getting that feel exactly right. It lets you dial it in, exactly the mood you're wanting, the feel you're wanting, how much brightness you really need in the room. And you just have the control over it. It's really easy to change out an existing wall switch you do have to a dimmer. You can just go to the store, buy a dimmer, take out the old wall switch, the front plate, and then rewire it and put it in, and you should be able to dim the lights. But you do need to check that whatever you buy is compatible with the type of light bulb you're dimming. So if you're dimming an LED light bulb, make sure that the dimmer you buy says that it will actually dim that light bulb, that type of LED. So you do want to check that, what, what voltage it is. You want to check the type of light source it says. Sometimes there are incandescent dimmers that will dim LEDs, but you want to be careful. And especially you don't want to buy a dimmer that says it's only for dimming, say, fluorescent, and you're trying to dim incandescent or vice versa. It can actually lead to really annoying flicker and even failure of the dimmer switch or the light bulb. So just be careful of that when you are buying dimmer switches. The most important place where you should be using dimmers is if you're still using incandescent lighting. Really, if you're not using dimmers with incandescent lighting, you're just consuming so much more electricity than you probably need to be. Dimmers will actually increase the lifespan of an incandescent light bulb and will really help reduce the amount of electricity you need. There's so much heat generated from an incandescent light bulb that when you dim it, you're gonna reduce that heat, you're gonna reduce the energy used. It's just a win-win all around. The final common mistake that I see in homes a lot is not making the most of natural lighting or daylight. The light you get for free from the sun can be your best friend. Consider how you can use the natural lighting you already have in your home to make it better. 
People so often ignore the daylight they have, or they block it out with thick shades and they think, I don't want to do that, I'm just going to install a load of electric lights. Think about keeping curtains or blinds pulled open during the day to let in all of the light. So if direct sunlight is an issue for you, which it is for me in my office, think about using translucent type shades like muslin or a diffuse shade that will diffuse the sun but will still let in natural light. Or if you have blinds, maybe pull them closed but make sure they still let in a lot of light and just block the sun glare. If you're remodeling a house, think about where you're gonna place the windows and how big you want them to be, whether they face north or south. Think about making them larger if you can, to bring in more light. And maybe they might improve your view too. And don't forget, the more daylight you have in a room, the less you'll need your electric lights and the more money you'll save. So let's have a quick summary of my five common lighting mistakes that I see. The first one is underlighting or overlighting a space. Make sure you're not creating shadows where you really need light, like on kitchen counters. And don't overuse recess lighting. It doesn't always make a room brighter. The second mistake was not using layers of light and only using one light source in the center of a room. Think about adding floor lamps and table lamps where you can. Make the room more interesting. The third common mistake is using the wrong color temperature or mixing color temperatures in a space. Make sure you check the label before you buy. The fourth mistake is not making the most of dimmers. Really, you should all be using dimmers at this point. The fifth mistake is making the most of daylight. It's your friend, remember that. If there are any other topics you'd like me to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a DM on Instagram or leave a comment on this episode with any lighting questions you have or topics you'd like to see discussed. And remember, all homes deserve great lighting, whatever your budget. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with others. And I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps new ones like mine be found by others. If you'd like more lighting inspiration, follow me on Instagram at Your Lighting Lady. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.